This is Pastor Rick Qualls, and I'd like to welcome you to Soul Talk. This is a place where we talk about our souls and the different influences on them uh, for our body, spirit, and mind. We do all of this in order to strengthen our Christian lives. We're on Soul Talk, and today we're going to be taking a look at words, those negative words that sometimes pierce our heart and our soul, and how we manage that and deal with it, and what the Bible says about what to do. Mm. So, Dave Rembolt is in our uh, studio this morning, and uh, just want to check in with Dave and find out how life is. Well, life's good. Life's always good, uh, especially when I'm here with you, Pastor Rick. Oh, thank you. Um, this is a tough subject. This is, uh, this is boy, the Bible has some things to say, all right, about negative words. <laughs> and it, they're, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing about what it says. Yeah. Uh, just kind of the theme is words build up and don't tear down. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of want to stick with the idea. Um, there's constructive criticism and there's negative criticism. And we're going to be talking about negative criticism, the kind of thing that tears people down and uh, what that looks like and what the Bible says about it. And then if you're on the receiving end of it, how do you deal with it? Yeah. So uh, here we go. Uh, the negative words will affect our whole soul. It will affect our spirit. Uh, by disconnecting us from God, uh, actually, I think it causes God to weep. And I'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, negative criticism affects our mind. Uh, it looks at uh, making a negative worldview. Uh, it affects our body. It increases the stress chemicals and the bitterness. And it has a lot of physical uh, manifestations. And so uh, our theme verse is Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Wow. That last part really struck me is that the Holy Spirit, it almost sounds like he's weeping when we are using words that hurt other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what is it like the definition of edifying is literally to that's it's you're doing things to build up, to build up people, to build up people and build up the church. And and if it's not edifying and, and you'll have to forgive me because uh, my memorization skills are not good, but someone else could tell you the exact scripture. But I know there's scripture about like, if it's not edifying, then you shouldn't say it. Right. Right. Um, right. What I is, think this, that's what exactly what Ephesians 4 29 is telling us. Yeah. And there's the, and like you started off saying there's power, there's power in words. Uh, what is it? Is it James that says it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes what out. Comes out. Yeah. And so, like, there's, and we're so careless with our words now, Pastor Rick. 
in the, in our culture and our society. We're so careless. Words got cheaper with the invention of the internet and social media, right? We're more willing to, to throw out our negativity because we we can be somewhat anonymous, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But those words still have the same power. Yes, they do. Uh, and we're in a time that's called the, the great resignation. Uh, and sometime I might talk about that, but one of the things that, uh, they're finding out is that people that worked in, uh, fast foods and that are clerks, they are tired of being abused. Oh yeah. By customers because there's such anger that's Mm -hmm. going on right now and they're just tired of it. They are thinking they don't need that. Yeah. And so, uh, of course, the, the great resignation affects a lot more than that, but that's just one area. I went on a trip uh, this last week, and on the trip, uh, they had stops for us. We were on a bus trip, and we had a, a stop where there were four places to go and, and get something to eat for lunch. So why did you choose Taco Bell? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I didn't do, choose Taco Bell. There weren't any choices. Okay. Three of yeah. those places had closed. Oh, my. All right. Three out of four because they can't get people to work to, at uh, those wages and to take the abuse that customers are giving. Oh, man. That's amazing. It really is. And we'll talk more about the Great Resignation uh, as I have a chance to study up. Now, what are people like who uh, are uh, into negative criticism? Well, one of the things are they are flaw pickers. Mm. They will find a flaw in you and they will peck at it uh, just like a woodpecker. They'll peck at it until you've got a wound And uh, then as soon as it starts to heal, they peck some more. Mm -hmm. And what happens is it becomes terribly discouraging. Uh, These folks complain a lot, and they don't know how to live without complaining about something. They're always upset about people who are succeeding and doing things well. Their critical spirit shows up to find something wrong with them. To focus on yeah we've fallen into something and i don't know that it's worse now maybe it just seems worse but maybe humans have always been like this so like adam and eve from the beginning the fall is because they can't resist the fruit of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. and why do you have why would you want the knowledge of good and evil so you can be the judge right, right. that's that's the tools of judgment and so we constantly choose judgment over empathy, over compassion, right? And that, like, if there's anything going on in society today, boy, it's that. But I don't know that that's, I'm not sure it's any different. We're angrier for sure. Um, And expressive of it. Yeah. But, man, we choose judgment. And what you're talking about is people who pick. Yes. uh, Pick at people and just, like, negative, negative, negative. And this is what's wrong with other people. This is what's wrong with you, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, you're, at some point, we have to choose empathy and compassion over judgment. Because here's the thing, you can't do both. Right? Right. You can't have compassion and empathy if you're using judgment, if you're weaponizing judgment. Mm -hmm. You just can't do both at the same time. Jonah showed us that. 
Right. You couldn't do, you couldn't do both. Um, and so that's sort of the trap we fall into as humans is, is, is in a way we need to abandon judgment altogether because it was never for us. Right. It was never for us to do. And that's hard. It's hard to say, you're just not going to judge anymore. <laughs> like, who's going to go for that? Uh, yeah. In First Corinthians, it says that we don't even have the right to judge ourselves, yeah. that that's up to God. I guess we need to get to a point like this, where if I can be a little introspective, I like myself the least when I am aware of I'm being judgmental about yes. someone else. That's if I can look in the mirror and realize when I'm being judgmental, that's when I like myself the least and think, oh, Dave, come on. You, this is not good. This mm -hmm. is bad. This is a bad look. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I don't yeah. want to be that person. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that, that good people can say uh, things that hurt. Mm -hmm. Now, our listeners, I'm sure you can think back to a time when someone said something to you that was was negative and that really sticks with you. It's still part of your mind and uh, uh, you're still functioning out of it. I remember back when I was, uh, oh, uh, before I entered junior high, one of my family members said to me, oh, you're just lazy. Mm. And you know, that memory has stuck. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but it began to uh, affect me moving on to a, uh, a path of perfectionism. And that's a terrible, terrible thing. So be careful about what you say because you don't know what's going to stick. So we're going to take a little break here. And what do you most often complain about? Give it some thought. been talking about complaining and we've been talking about uh, negative words and how that affects us and uh, uh, what the Bible has to say. In James 5, 9, it says, do not complain, brethren, against one another so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. And so God is right by our side. Jesus' spirit is right by our side when we are judging others. And uh, one of the verses that's found in the Sermon on the Mount says that we're going to be judged as we judge. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a frightening thing for uh, as we stop and, and give it some thought. Yeah. So how do we know when we're overcritical? Well, here's some, uh, some things you can think about. First of all, do you criticize and pass judgment on other people? Do you find yourself with a negative disposition, always finding fault with something or someone? Is it difficult for you to see the positive in a person or in a situation because the negative is so glaring to your eye? 
Why is it so addictive? Why is it so addictive? Why do we get into those patterns? Because certainly everybody has something positive about them. Absolutely. And yet we can get into these ruts where we're just negative, negative, negative. Why? why, Yes, I I think our our brain is wired that way. Mm. I've been reading a little bit in uh, some neuroscience, and what they're saying is that the brain... um, First of all, looks for the negative, mm-hmm. because way, way back when great 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 grandfather was looking around over the horizon, he was looking for the saber toothed tiger that was lurking in uh, in the bushes, and he wanted to be able to spot that, uh, and so he was looking for the negative. He wasn't looking for. Uh, the positive, if he, uh, it was a survival thing. Mm-hmm. Now, today, we've carried that on, and uh, uh, our brain, I think, naturally goes to the negative. Mm-hmm. And it takes the Holy Spirit to move us out of that negativity to begin to see the things to give thanks for, uh, the things that are positive in other people and in the situations of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, there's an aspect to this, too, that we don't we're not conscious of. So our subconscious and this is what I've noticed uh, more and more these days in our culture is that um, our subconscious is constantly trying to feed our self-righteousness. Yes. Right. Because um, the brain, as long as we're talking about the brain, what the brain is really good at, the biggest, fastest parts of your brain, Pastor Rick, are the parts that want you to keep doing what you want to do. Right. So the brain is working at like making <laughs> patterns for you true. to continue doing what you already do. Yes. Right. That's what the brain's biggest, strongest, fastest centers do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's good, but sometimes that's bad. Right. Yes. You, people that get addicted, that part of their brain is working in hyperdrive. Yes. Um, but what happens is, is we often if if our need is to make ourselves feel right to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. The brain doesn't stop when you feel even with everyone else. It's going to keep doing that. And that's what creates this self-righteousness problem where I've got to keep tearing everyone down around me. And and maybe sometimes I don't even, I'm not even aware I'm doing it to make myself keep feeling better because my brain's going to keep going. Yes, it will. Yeah. And uh, there's a saying that the neurons that work together begin to bind together. And so it becomes a pattern in our lives that uh, when we start down that road, uh, the neurons begin to make a connection and it becomes a stronger connection as we move on. And so if you start it in a negative way, uh, it's just going to increase. Mm -hmm. So here's a couple things the Bible says. Matthew 7, 1 and 2, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard or measure, it will be measured to you. And in James 2, 13, we talked about this already. For judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. And then I love this phrase, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Well, and aren't we thankful it does? Amen. Um, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of this, I think, I think, well, I, first of all, I think God knows how he made our brains. 
I think he yes. knows how our brains work. Yes. And and I think maybe that's why, you know, in in so in the list things when they're they're generally listed out, Paul did this a lot where he would say several things in the same sentence. And it seems like a run on sentence, but he's actually saying, you know, do this, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um in in Hebrew tradition, that's it's not an accident what order they in, they're in. So the things listed first are often the most important that they're trying to get yes. get across to you. Yes. Um, whereas sometimes we just have a random grouping of things and it's just random, but that's not how the Hebrew kind of culture worked. And it's striking how many times the first thing God tells us to do is humble ourselves mm-hmm. because he knows that's going to be our issue, right? Mm-hmm. Our issue is, is like their, their brain's going to want to feed their self-righteousness so that they feel good about themselves. Um, but you need to humble yourselves. And of course, humility is the proper definition of that isn't like devaluing yourself. It's not like, oh, I'm so worthless. Um, no, the proper definition of humility is um, not a devaluing of yourself, but a habitual recognition of everyone else's value. Right? Yes, so that's good. I recognize that everyone around me is of high value. Yes. And that's the proper definition of humility. And the reason you do that is then you escape that self-righteousness loop that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I no longer have to be above everyone else. Mm -hmm. I can instead focus on how great everyone is around me and that that's a good thing Mm -hmm. instead of a bad thing. Yes. I agree completely with that. That's, That's a good observation. Well, we just... Like there has to be ways for us to get out of this because what we're talking about is epidemic. Yes, it is an epidemic at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, It's it's just affecting lots and lots of people. And I think it's behind the great resignation, which Mm -hmm. is interesting that this fell after uh, the major part of the pandemic. Well, I can't imagine what it would be like to work at a fast food place. Or a gas station. Or like I worked at a gas station 20 years ago, Rick. Over 20 years ago. Uh And even back then, in simpler times, um, I used to say, you catch the brunt of everyone else's bad day. Yes. In a place like that. Yes. And so now shift it to now when everyone is generally more angry. And, 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 and the pandemic has brought on this kind of where if, if even if you don't notice it, uh, people are struggling mental health wise. Um, I just don't know how you do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can go day after day and catch the brunt of everyone's bad day. Right. We've got tools with the spirit. And like you were saying, humility is the key. Uh, and that's how the Beatitudes start. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Mm. And that's, that's the very basis for the rest of the Beatitudes. It's one of the bases for Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount describes how, as believers, that we are to live. Mm. And I can't stress that enough. Uh, if you've got some time, spend, spend it on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7. Uh, and get an idea of how it is that we are to live. So, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, give it some thought. Are your words negative or positive? 
We'll be back in a minute. talking about negative words and how that can have an impact on people even when we're not aware of what's going on. Uh, right now, in this last segment, I want to focus on uh, what do you do if, as a believer if you're caught in that moment when people are, are shooting negative words at you and they're flaw-picking. James 1.19 gives us some advice. First of all, to be quick to listen. We need to hear people out, find out what's really going on with them, uh, to think if what they're saying is legitimate, and uh, we just need to listen to people out. Sometimes that uh, will stop a negative rant. Mm -hmm. Then James 1.19 goes on to say, be slow to speak. Don't interrupt or respond too quickly. Let people finish. If you speak too quickly, you're liable to say things that you don't mean and do it out of anger. Then James goes on to say, be slow to become angry. James goes on to say that the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. And you can stop and think about that. Uh, when you get absolutely furious and you're angry, does it bring about the things, the fruit of the Spirit of God? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just something that we need to, to be aware of. And then we need to give a gentle response. Proverbs says, a soft answer turns away wrath. Uh, give a soft answer. Lower your the, the sound of your voice. Don't uh, try to compete with them with... Uh, an angry voice. And if that doesn't work, then you may need to say, I need a break, and you need to walk away. Uh, then finally, don't defend yourself too quickly uh, because um, there may be something to the criticism that they're giving. Talk to other people, the people that are close to you, the people who know you the best, and ask them if this is part of what's going on in your life. Uh, we have to consider the source. Mm -hmm. We have to consider the source. Are these folks that uh, just are always negative? Uh, or are they people that we can trust uh, to tell us the truth? I just want to just to stress that we live in, in a culture 
that's angry and hurting, the complaining and whining interrupt our soul's connection with God. Uh, he's made it plain that uh, that grieves him when uh, we become complainers. It engraves our mind with the negative worldview. It affects our body with increasing stress hormones that affect the heart, the immune system, uh, and affect the chemicals that, that are at work in our, our brain. Uh, it's kind of interesting that we don't notice the miracles that are happening all around our lives, but we begin to focus on those little flaws that are around us. Yeah. You know, I, I think for the, about the past year, Pastor Rick, God has been leading me towards empathy. And we're talking about negativity and negativity in our words, complaining. Um, and maybe that's how it starts off, but it always leads into complaining about other people. And um, you mentioned the scripture, it says, be, be quick to listen, uh, slow to speak. And the reason you would do that is because you want to uh, hear someone's story, right? That's the yes. reason you would do that. And the yes. reason you need to have to hear someone's story is so you can empathize and have compassion. So compassion... Um, which is how God identifies himself to Moses, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Remember, we talked about the list of things. The first thing is always the most important. <laughs> and God immediately after he says he's Yahweh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, what he tells Moses is uh, about his compassion and mercy first. And compassion, the, the literal breakdown of that word, it means co, uh, to walk alongside, and passion meaning suffering, Mm-hmm. So it's literally to walk with someone through suffering, their suffering, right? But you're taking part in it. You're joining in. And um, what I'm what I'm feeling that I'm getting from the Lord is that in order to do this, in order to do what we're supposed to do, have compassion and empathy and love people like we've been commanded, right? we have to forsake judgment completely. Yes, the judgment is up to God. And that sounds extreme. Like, how am I supposed to do that? I need people to, to, to not, don't misunderstand me. When I say judgment, I'm not speaking on discernment. Discernment is a completely different thing. I'm not saying stay with someone who's dangerous to you, right? That is yes. discernment. I discern that this person is a danger to me, so I need to leave. Yes. That is not exercising judgment. That is discernment. Judgment is this person is evil. That's judgment. Yes. We need to get away from this thing, these thoughts in our minds that say someone is evil. There are no evil people, Rick. There are only broken people. And you're one of them and I'm one of them. We're all broken. We're all broken. In various and different levels, different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I'm speaking about. It's like I think we have to forsake judgment completely. Sometimes that uh, brokenness comes from negative... uh, negative words that we heard oh sure when we yeah. were children uh even as adults those things get into our head and our mind and begin to drive uh broken behavior mm-hmm. so anyway that's uh where we're at with negative words mm-hmm. uh don't tear down but build up it's a good message I think it's one we all need. Yeah, this so, one's uh, put it on your mirror, yeah. your bathroom mirror, because this is going to be a this. This is a tough one. Yes, it is. It's very tough. You're not going to fix this overnight. I think about these things a lot, and I still 
catch myself complaining, being negative, pointing out other people's flaws. Like I can sit here and say all these pretty words, but I do it. Mm-hmm. It's a hard, it's a, it's a long road. We all tend to do it. And uh, if we don't do it verbally, we're doing it in our heart. That's right. And what's in our heart will come out. That's one of the things that Jesus taught us. Well, thanks for listening today. And uh, we hope that you've gained something from the scripture uh, that will help you deal with this uh, difficult subject. Lord bless you. And remember that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That wraps up today's show. Thanks for listening. Remember, keep trusting Jesus and stay strong.